Hello and welcome to episode 74 of Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blog cast. I am running a tad behind myself. Holidays and traveling and all of that stuff make it slightly more challenging to, uh, to do the podcasting. Um, but I, I think I'll catch me up. I'll catch myself up eventually. Um, so I hope everybody is doing well, okay, getting through holidays okay. Um, today's blog is, um, I, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I thought no one read it, but then a couple of people have said, oh, yeah, I read that one. So, so you know, um, I, I never, I feel like the stats that WordPress gives me about how many people have read something are not, are not necessarily accurate. Uh, so this I thought was unpopular, but may have been more popular <laughs> than I realized. Um, and it is, uh, about, well, why don't I just read it to you? That'll, that'll be the way to do this. Um, it is called how I learned to be a savvier voter. The first thing I heard about the Constitutional Convention proposal in New York State was this. New York friends, please be aware that on Election Day, the 7th of November, the back of the ballot will have a referendum to vote on a New York Constitutional Conference, or CONCON. It's a raw deal. It's very expensive. Your legislature and representatives would be paid double their current salary, and all public employees, teachers, police officers, firemen, librarians, city and state, etc., stand to lose a great deal. You have to turn the ballot over to vote. If you don't vote, it won't cancel the yes votes and would cost taxpayers a crap load of money. Dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign. If you love public service employees, city and state, please vote no with lots of exclamation points and copy and paste to pass this on. This vote is Cuomo's attempt to take away parts of your pension, whether you are working or retired. He refused to put it on the front, so turn it over and vote no. It sounded terrible, and it lined up exactly with my views. Yes, those corrupt guys in Albany would do something sneaky, and we could lose all our rights. It's exactly what I feared would come next, like the precursor of the Gestapo's boots. But... Yeah, you know, I've heard about the fake news situation, and I know bad actors are out there trying to spin things, so I did due diligence, folks. I clicked on the link and watched the video from the Coalition for No, and it featured a lot of groups like like, like the New York Teachers Union, for example. So I thought, yeah, seems legit. And then I shared the post on Facebook, pretty proud of myself for having clicked around a little bit before knee-jerk sharing. Then, the next day, my friend mentioned this segment he'd heard about this proposal on The Brian Lehrer Show, and it made him ask, who's for it? If the unions are all against, who is advocating for it? And the answer seemed to be no one, really. The argument seemed to be between progressives, and no one was paying to trigger a yes vote. This was a question I had not thought to ask. I just assumed what I'd read was true, and the proposal was sponsored by the bad guys. But the further we dug, the more those kinds of answers were elusive. Then I learned about the history of the New York Constitutional Convention and how it works. It's built into the state system that every 20 years, New Yorkers can vote on whether or not to have a constitutional convention. The proposal on the ballot was happening because it had been 20 years since the last vote. No shady backdoor dealings. 
It wasn't being hidden on the back of the ballot to trick us. It's just a thing that happens every 20 years. Like a China Platinum 20th anniversary party. There's nothing particularly nefarious about it. It's just a question. A way to take our legislative temperature that Thomas Jefferson actually suggested. That's it. And I was mad that something so procedural had been sold to me as an attempt to trick me. I'd been tricked about being tricked, and I will tell you that I do not like to be tricked. That kind of, things make, that kind of thing makes me mad. And I realized that they'd gotten away with this trick by capitalizing on my, and many people's, tendency to reduce things to the simplest answer. This year, I've had to pay attention to politics in a way that I never have before. I'd really rather not. I'd rather make my art and never read the news, but I don't have that luxury anymore. I have to pay attention. And I have been. But I realize now that I am still vulnerable to misinformation. So through this, I've learned some things to look for. This isn't really about the Constitutional Convention. I'm sure this same lesson might have been learned on another issue or another candidate, but I wanna take you through my process so you can avoid the traps that I fell into. First question I have now about something like this proposal, who is paying for the campaign? In this case, unions paid millions of dollars to encourage people to vote no. No real bad guys here, but what about the yes campaign? Um, there wasn't one, per se. There were a few progressive groups that got behind it, as well as the New York State Bar Association. The League of Women Voters was in support. But no one was funding a campaign. I did not see a single yes flyer in all of NYC in the weeks before the election. Not one. I saw some sweet homemade videos and some super geeky academic analysis, but no one was funding a yes campaign. Meanwhile, there was a giant no magnet stuck on the mailboxes of our apartment building. Second question to ask, where did this proposal slash bill slash petition originate? This one was an automatic ballot proposal triggered by time. A separate proposal about the Adirondacks came from the small towns who were unable to repair their bridges without going 10 feet into protected land. Every environmental group in the state supported it but it almost didn't pass just because no one was out there educating folks about it. The third question, who has the information? You know who wasn't explaining how the con-con would work? Everyone advocating no. I saw a lot of protect our pensions and don't risk it, but I didn't see any, it works like this, so vote no. The only people really explaining were journalists and every single yes advocate there was a huge imbalance of information. Fourth question, what is the campaign trying to make me feel? The no campaign suggested I feel afraid, unwilling to risk our current system. The folks I watched and listened to on the yes side were aiming for a yes we can. One advocate was ebullient about the possibilities of addressing systemic racism with the Constitutional Convention. One article I read suggested deciding how to vote based on your personality. Willing to take risks? Yes. Needing security? No. I learned from my experience with this ballot proposal that I need to be a savvier voter than I have been. I have become aware of my own desire for easy answers. Oh, the unions are for it? Then so am I. I learned how few people really took the time to look at this question, and also how once people have taken a side, they can kind of be jerks. 
The day after the election, when the Constitutional Convention failed with more than 80% voting no, someone responded to my tweet from the previous day in support of the convention with a dismissive comment. The election was over. Yes, had lost, soundly, and yet someone had taken the time to respond, like a jerk, to the losing opinion. Now, I just want to pause here and say I fully understand why a person would have wanted to vote no to this question. There is, built into the question, a level of reexamination of our democracy that not everyone is into. If you weren't feeling it, I totally get it. It's a hard time to have faith in voters. I get it, 100%. But I am disappointed in the knee-jerk jerkiness that paints every yes voter as an agent of the corruption in Albany. That's not the case. Everyone I know who voted yes is an advocate for democracy. These people were incredibly well-informed, and they ranged from law experts to activists for women, people of color, LGBTQ folks, people with disabilities, and economic justice. The video of these two women answering questions about the convention was the highlight of the election season for me. But no one paid for a yes campaign, and so most New Yorkers voted no, which would have been fine with me if it had been a fair fight. But since it wasn't, it made me a little sad. Not nearly as sad as the situation in Washington right now, but obviously, but, you know, still a little sad. I emerged from the experience, especially when the news was so good in so many places on the same election day, wiser and more vigilant with a set of questions to ask. And if I'm still here in 20 years when the convention question comes up again, I'll be curious to see what happens to see if we'll have found more complex ways to look at complex questions. At the very least, I am much more aware of my own impulse to go with the herd, to accept easy answers, and not do my own investigating. I will be a better voter for having had this experience, and so I am grateful for it. So yeah, politics, man. I I would so much like to not be paying attention. But that is a luxury we cannot afford anymore and probably couldn't afford in the first place, really, when you get down to it. Um, We might be in a less sticky situation if more of us had been really keyed in. But... Um, So for podcast recommendation today, um, I will say... um, I can't remember if I've recommended them before, but if so, uh, sorry, I'm just going to recommend them again. (laughs) Uh, The Politically Reactive podcast, um, which is by um, W. Kamal Bell and Hari Kondabolu. Uh, It is like they're not recording right now, I think, to do with their schedules doing other things, um, but it should be back probably in a couple of months. Um, And I really appreciate how kind of in-depth they can uh, go um, into topics. You know, they're two progressive, cool guys, um, you know, who are are looking carefully at at the issues. Um, I really appreciated their shows after the events of August 12th this year. They were really... um, they just were thoughtful about that, and not. And, and I'm not saying that just because they put my mom on the radio. <laughs> it's not really the radio; it's a podcast. But um, yeah, so so they're they're lovely and uh, and and considered about what they say, and when they mess up, they they back up and analyze what they um, 
you know, mistakes or whatever. So, um, yeah, politically reactive. Also, they're both comedians, so it's sometimes funny, too, but not always, which is, like, sometimes it's not it's not the right thing to do to be funny, but they, they're still yeah, funny. <laughs> I don't know. It's lovely. Uh, so politically reactive, I recommend to you. And then for the song today, I... Um, I'm going to sing you Billy Bragg's song called There is Power in a Union. Um, and I chose this one because I, I, I feel like um, this post may somehow come off as being unsupportive of unions um, just because uh, uh, it's sort of looking at the um, counterpoint to the position that pretty much every union took on this constitutional convention question. Um, you know, I don't know. I have, I have a lot of complicated thoughts about unions. I'm not in a union myself. Um, but, uh, I think particularly the, the artistic ones are a little tricky. Um, and you know, a union is only as good as the, as its members. So sometimes, um, I think, I feel like sometimes members don't hold their unions accountable enough to them. So that's the that's the sticky widget about unions. But fundamentally, I'm I'm so I don't know. I, I know that one of the one of the reasons things have been particularly dramatic politically is because unions have been sort of brought to their knees in so many places with like a concerted effort to to take their power away. So um, I I I do feel like it's important to um, I don't know acknowledge their their power and their skill. Um, and I think that, you know, this song is by an English guy, um, and I'm pretty sure it was written in the early 80s. Um, and I feel like uh, Americans, we can use a, a sense of that kind of working class pride. Um, there is no kind of, because we pretend there is no class in America, we don't have that sense. Um, and it feels like it might be time to get a hold of some of that. Uh, yeah, and I was just I was just thinking again recently about how incredible it was that the taxi drivers union um, stood with the um, JFK protests and weren't taking you know protest weren't weren't taking passengers in support of the protests against the travel ban. So things like that make me so just like impressed with unions and union memberships and all that kind of stuff. So. Anyway, all that to say, just because I disagreed with most unions on this constitutional convention doesn't mean I disagree with unions in general. And, and in fact, I love and support them. So here is Billy Bragg's There is Power in a Union. We must pay for From the city 